0: Hey, Sparkles, you're listening to the Friendly Confines podcast with Chad and Ryan. This is David Kaplan from ESPN 1000 Chicago and NBC
1: Sports Chicago. Take that. Hey, Chad, we got a good one this week on yep. a special edition of the Friendly Confines Danny Wexelman, she's a host on MLB Network Radio, really up-and-coming star when it comes to some uh, really great people covering the game of baseball. She's stopping by to talk about the Cubs this week, and one of the things that she's going to be talking about is where the Cubs kind of stand in the national conversation when people discuss the Chicago Cubs and what they're doing on the north side.
0: What I love, I mean, you look at what they did in May, and this was the hottest team in baseball, um, you know, right to the from the end of April to the first week of June. Uh, but I like about this team is they are a bit under, kind of under the, the radar. And even with their big run, I mean, everybody's talking about the Padres and the Dodgers, and, and people are talking about the Boston Red Sox and their resurgence. I like that this team is under the radar. I like what Danny had to say. So much more great insights. Another great interview here on the Friendly Confines.
1: So here is our full-length interview with Danny Wexelman from MLB Network Radio on this special edition of The Friendly Confines. Well, let's start here. Obviously, the Cubs, probably one of the more surprising teams in baseball this year, Danny. But when you look at this roster top to bottom as is, you know, certainly we're only in June right now. Do you feel like ultimately that this team can hang on and and play the way that they've been playing? Maybe that inspired baseball all through September and ultimately win the NL Central?
2: You definitely nailed it. First of all, nobody predicted that the Cubs would be this good. Now, ultimately, they have superstars on their team, right? Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, just those two alone. Javi Baez, I mean, those guys are the staples of the team, but ultimately they've been playing above the expected, um, the expectations, excuse me. So, yeah, I think they've got to add a couple pieces I think everybody knows that they need another starter I think that there's probably a couple of uh pangs in in the stomach when people remember that you Darvish was shipped off to the Padres and feeling like the Cubs needed to shed some salary they sent him away and and now they realize ah we probably need another starter in that rotation to be able to make it through but they have been playing really good baseball obviously coming off the sweep this past weekend in St. Louis I'm actually going to see them play the Mets so I'm pretty stoked about that but no they're must watch baseball they deserve to continue to climb through the National League Central they're gonna have to go though and compete with the Brewers the Cardinals are finally maybe starting to turn the page but the Brewers I would say right now with the rotation that they have and as soon as their bats start to click a little bit more that could be the team the Cubs have to fight for but the Cubs need to go get another starter if they want to be competitive if they want to play October baseball they have to get another starter and they also have to hope that Chris Bryant's going to be be okay, like getting hit uh, on his hand, the hand contusion that he has that's such a, an important piece not only to their lineup but to the future, depending on what the Cubs want to do with him. Right? What do the Cubs ultimately want from him to keep him or to trade him to use him for to get something else back? So that's a tough break with him, but I think they're going to definitely need another starter to be able to compete and play for the postseason.
1: All right, so let's talk about that. You bring up a great point about the deadline and the fact that the Cubs could potentially be buyers um, when they need starting pitching. As you mentioned, they gave away Hugh Darvish in the offseason. I look at the list, Danny, of starting pitchers that are really available. And I think for everybody, the one pitcher that of course stands out is Max Scherzer. But who knows if he's going anywhere now, you know, he's been placed on the IL. Are there any game changers other than Scherzer right now that you look at that could be available at the deadline and you say, Yeah, he could be a difference maker for a team like the Cubs if they were to acquire him at the deadline.
2: That's a great question I definitely think Max Scherzer would have topped the list there's no doubt about that he has a tricky situation though because of how long he has played in the league he's a 10-10 guy so he has a no trade clause the team has to approve it so if he comes back in time he could be in play I think that I think about the Phillies potentially and where they could be if they decide they really want to make a push for it Um, in their division they have risen to second place as of right now in the NL East and depending on and what they're able to do they've had some injuries that they're dealing with can they sustain can they compete with the Braves to be potential postseason teams that's all in play I wouldn't say I could think of somebody specifically off the top of my head Max Scherzer has definitely been the guy that everyone has been talking about and ultimately if he isn't going to be healthy he's not going to play for the Nats this postseason he's definitely not going to play for another team but I'm trying to think off the top of my head um no, I, I, I don't think that there's a starting pitcher I can think of. I, I hate to say that, um, but I, I haven't quite gotten there yet um, with everything that we've been going on with the sticky baseball stuff and um, college baseball and softball going on. I haven't quite thought that far ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. And listen, I, I honestly, I think the bottom line is to tell you the truth is there's really not anybody out there, you know, because you're looking at the teams that would be sellers right now. And it's, you know, teams like the Twins, or, uh, you know, the Pirates or the Rangers. Yeah. There's nobody really on those teams that stands out to me and says, oh, I got I to gotta acquire somebody uh, that's, that's in that rotation right now. So I, you, you make a good point that other than Scherzer, there really hasn't been anybody that stands out at this moment. Let me ask you this. You mentioned Chris Bryant, and obviously he's been kind of the fuel that has pushed this team to where they're at right now. He's, he's maybe cooled off a little bit. If you're Jed Hoyer and and you're in the situation the Cubs are in, do you ride out the season and just say, all right, we're going to take our chances, roll the dice with Chris Bryant, and then just see what happens in the offseason? Or do you think there's a very real, real scenario, even though the Cubs could be in contention, that Hoyer Fields offers from other teams to potentially trade Bryant?
2: man if i only had that kind of power right (laughs) i definitely think i mean chris Bryant, first of all super utility that guy has logged innings at so many different positions this year he's been able to slot in and just really be an impact player i think that that is so important i think for any player to really just be able to field another position and play it well is invaluable and second of all his numbers at the plate before he got hit pretty good, like better than I think a lot of people were expecting. I remember Chris Bryant saying something before the season started, something along the lines of like, I don't know if my heart is in it or or something to that effect. Like he just didn't know where his head was at with the game. And clearly he's come back into it, recharged whatever he needed to do, just to sort some things out. And it happens. I think people don't realize that these baseball players are people and sometimes they go through ruts or have a hard time outside of the sport so whatever he was dealing with he put he squashed it put it to the side whatever and has come out this season I would keep him I would keep him on that team he meshes well he's a leader on that team he can do a lot of different things for you and ultimately I think he he's just a staple for them I don't know if I I think they're gonna go for it. There's no doubt about it, especially if they continue to play the way they are. But I I I don't think I would get rid of them. I think I would keep them and I would continue to push forward and I would add a piece. I would add a piece to that team because the NL central at this point, as we said, is really well, except for the pirates, you know, the reds are, are, are competitive right now, but truly I think the brewers and the cubs can start to make a a wider gap. If the Cardinals are kind of just laying low right now, I do think the cubs and the brewers could be competing for that spot. Now, listen, if you look at the rest of the national league in general, the Cubs have to win the division. I don't think the Cubs are going to get a wild card spot, but I do think I do think that if they get the right pieces, they could win the National League Central.
1: Yeah. No, I agree 100% with everything you're saying. We're talking with Danny Wexelman of MLB Network Radio and you can also find her on Twitter at Danny Wex taking some time to join us here on the 7th inning stretch. So, um, let's go here. I don't know if this has gotten any pub on the national level. But there was big news out of Chicago that both Anthony Rizzo and Jason Hayward came out and publicly said they have not taken the COVID vaccine. Um, I don't know if this is something you guys have touched on at all on the network, but I'm curious what your stance is from when you see players coming out and saying publicly hey I just don't feel like it's right for me. Do you feel like they're being bad teammates? Because I think there's some in the media in Chicago that are kind of saying as great as and as much as Anthony Rizzo is loved in this city of Chicago, people are, are sometimes labeling him as a bad teammate, putting himself first before his team first. Has there been anything that you guys have talked about on your shows about that and and where you guys you know stand and think about that?
2: I haven't seen that and we have not talked about that on the shows. So I host regularly on Sundays, but during the week when I'm filling in, they may have touched on it. I have not specifically talked about it. I think two things. Number one, you don't know everybody's circumstances. I know that Anthony Rizzo beat cancer and there's a lot that he has dealt with in his life. So there could be something that a doctor is suggesting. We don't know the circumstances around everyone's situation. Ultimately, I would hope that he's wearing a mask and he's helping protect his teammates and the staff that work at those events, that work the game, the the clubhouse guys, everyone involved. I would hope that he would be wearing a mask if he wasn't vaccinated and definitely taking all the health and safety protocols that he can. I think it's tough to call somebody a bad person um, if you don't know all the facts and details of the situation. And ultimately, these guys, again, these are people and they make their own decisions. I know some teams we've seen have, uh, you know, they're getting very close to being as close as you could be to 100 percent. A lot of them hit that threshold that they needed to be able to move into a new tier and be able to open clubhouses and do things outside of just the ballpark, which is awesome. But, um, I wouldn't ever dare call somebody a bad person just because we don't know the situation and it's tough to judge. That's really hard to judge. We don't know. Um, We don't know. We don't know the situation for either of those guys. I would hope, I would just hope though, honestly, at the end of the day, they're being safe and they're being careful because I'm sure that they're concerned about their family members as well. You know, everybody last year was in such extreme protocols. It's not just the players that you have to worry about. It's their family members, their kids. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. And ultimately you would just hope that they're being safe and following protocols that are necessary and, and the team supports them and, you know, they're people. I think that's the important thing to remember. I, I can't speak to that personally, but whatever decision they make is theirs to make.
1: Let me ask you a question. I'm just curious, you working at the national level, where, where do the Cubs fall, in your opinion, in the hierarchy of how maybe baseball fans look at the team. I mean, I guess, you know, there's the order you would think like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, where, where in your opinion, do you feel like the Cubs come in when people are talking about them at a national level?
2: Great question. Well, first of all, the the Cubs play at Wrigley and Wrigley just in the scheme of the hierarchy, first of all, is one of the coolest most impressive stadiums as far as history goes right and and just the structure of it and the ivy and everything that's so special second of all the cubs have some of the most entertaining players and talented players in the league so i wouldn't say that i'm talking about them in my first breath of conversation if i'm having a general conversation with someone on the street but absolutely no doubt about it if i'm talking about oh my god have you ever been to wrigley like have you been to fenway How cool are those ballparks? Have you ever had an opportunity to watch Anthony Rizzo play Sunday night baseball or watch some of the clips when he's mic'd up? He's one of the most entertaining guys that exists. Javi Baez is a literal magician, which is why he has his nickname, right? And, and will be so valuable to this team. No doubt about it. The Cubs are always in a general conversation. Me personally, I'm not, you know, living and breathing and dying, (laughs) with the Cubs. And I understand those who are, should be like, they have an incredible team. They just are coming off a world series a few years ago, still exciting. And I'll tell you, my grandpa was a Cubs fan. My grandpa's name was written on that brick wall. I had a friend go down there and do that for him. He he was a huge Cubs fan grew up in Chicago. So it, so I've got a little cubby blood in me, no doubt about that, but no, they're, they are no matter who is playing for them, whatever year it might be, the Cubs are always going to be, the conversation because they're kind of spicy they're fiery they're in the central where the cardinals have obviously won 11 world championships and so people are automatically going to think that the cardinals have that upper hand but it's the cubs who have something so special and unique about them and lovable to be honest they are really lovable
1: Let's talk about your Cardinals for a little bit. Obviously, they just came off of a set with the Cubs. They uh, got swept. I don't mean to rub that in by any stretch. No. Uh, and uh, now, you know, they're they're facing off uh, at home against the Marlins this week. Um, I know injuries have been a big issue with the Cardinals. But I got to be honest, when we started talking on our show about where I thought the Cardinals were going to finish. I honestly thought the Cardinals were going to win the division this year. Are you as surprised as everyone else that the Cardinals are not playing well, or is this just a circumstance of they're really banged up right now? And if they were healthy, maybe we'd be talking about a different baseball team.
2: I think anytime you sign a perennial gold glove in Nolan Arenado, you think that you are, I mean, not just his glove, his bat too, right? It is so impressive. You think that it kind of gives you a bit of a golden ticket, so to speak, but I knew that there would be other teams that were competitive in this division. I think I thought the Cardinals offense would be a bit more um, aggressive and, and showing up a little bit more you have to remember, they lost Harrison Bader early in the season. He came back. He's gone again. Jack Flaherty's gone now with that oblique strain. They're losing their ace in him. That rotation needs guys to step up right now. They, they have not had that. They are struggling mightily in that department. And then as far as the offense, you have Tyler O'Neill who, who's been doing great. But ultimately, you need Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado to step up. Tommy Edmond has been great in that leadoff spot after they lost Colton Wong to the Brewers. Ultimately, yeah, I would say it's a bit disappointing right now. And I think that they've really um, had their fair share of injuries they've had to deal with. And they're not hitting. They're just truly not hitting. They definitely could use, I think, another top end arm. They're definitely going to be just like the Cubs, looking for someone to start those important games for them down the line. If they don't get someone like that, I don't see how they could possibly win the division. But really, ultimately, what we're both saying here is that the Brewers are really good. Brewers pitching staff are throwing up some wild stats. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, ridiculously good. So whoever's going to win the Central has to go through the Brewers. I, I think that's what's going to happen. Do I think the Cubs can do it? Yeah. Do I think the Cardinals need to get way back on track really quick? Yeah, I do. And, and if they don't start to do that soon, I think that they're going to the, the gap's going to widen too much. And I think the Cubs and the Brewers are going to be competing for the Central.
1: So let's just shift gears for a second. We'll talk about something that I know you have been talking about. And that is, of course, the substances that uh, Major League Baseball is hammering down on. What has been your stance and your thoughts on what Major League Baseball has decided to do and what they have allowed to be regulated? And then the uh, fines and suspensions that are going to be put upon players that they catch in the act of putting on illegal substances.
2: Ultimately, I think that the league took a little too long to put a policy in place, an enhanced rule in place to put consequences on players who are using some kind of foreign substance on baseballs, whether it's a pitcher, position player, catcher, whoever it may be. And so what we're seeing now is the league trying to end that quickly, right? And and it needs to, it needed to be stopped. There had to be immediate action taken They gathered the information that they needed and ultimately made the decision that they want to give a 10 game suspension with pay that the club will lose a player, be down a player for the length of those 10 days. And that player gets ejected from the game. Not that that matters at that point, but I, I wish that a decision would have been made before the season. And I wish that I don't, I don't approve of cheating, but I wish that these guys did have some time to adjust to throwing a baseball with just rosin, sweat and rosin. And ultimately that's not the case. So now in the middle of the season, these guys, as you saw Tyler Glass now raised pitcher who has a partially torn UCL um, is gonna be out. And would he have gotten hurt anyway? We don't know, we'll never know that. Did this accelerate it? Potentially, yeah, it definitely could have accelerated it. I wish that this um, memo and I I wish that the rule would have been handed down sooner. Um, But ultimately at the end of the day, There is an issue and it needed to be stopped. And so the league did what they thought was best. Um, And hopefully guys can adjust and figure it out. And hopefully we see uh, more action in the field and hopefully more balls are going to be hit and hopefully pitchers don't get hurt.
1: And our thanks once again to Danny Wexelman of MLB Network Radio. You can find her on Twitter, at Danny Wex. Really appreciate the time she took with us and loved her insight. You know, Chad, we have on people that cover the team on a regular basis, of course, the people that are in the city of Chicago. But I also love to talk to people that are at the national level to kind of get their perspective on how they view the Cubs and how they're doing uh, from you know the, the national overall 30,000-foot perspective as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's fun. And I, I, I shared this on our live show, our live studio show on Monday night. Um, the highlight of my Saturday last weekend against the Marlins was that I got a text and a phone call immediately after the game from Chris Myers, who was broadcasting the game, filling in for Boog on the Marquee Network. So we've got Chris coming back on the show. He actually texted me because I said, hey, good luck on the show. And, And he called me and he goes, I owe you an email. We've got to do another podcast. So we'll get him lined up. We've got a lot of great guests lined up, especially this coming week. So keep listening, honestly. I don't think there's another Cubs podcast that gets more unique guests, better guests. And and we rarely go back to the till, not because we don't treat them right, but we're always looking for new voices. And Danny was just another one of those great new voices.
1: Absolutely true. true. So we appreciate Danny taking the time to join us on this special edition of the Friendly Confines. For Chad, I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one.
0: See you at the ballpark, everybody. Just the game For I've seen other teams And it's never the same When you're born In Chicago, you're blessed And you're feel The first time you walk Into Wrigley